Welcome back, everybody, to the Amplify Yourself podcast. This is episode eight. I know I'm super glad to be here. Jules, how you feeling? Episode ocho. Episode, <laughs> Jules, you sound you sound a little bit different this week. Yeah, Why? that would be because, hey, we've talked about failing in the past and, and making <laughs> corrections and changes for our community and the audience. We did not realize that my microphone for the first seven episodes was not actually working. <laughs> My voice was getting picked up, not by your mic, but but by your MacBook Pro. And now you probably hear a distinct difference between episodes one and seven and now this one. Yeah. So there's failures and then there's epic failures. At a later <laughs> point, we're going to go into breaking down the differences. But today, I'm just glad to have you a little bit louder in my headphones. Buddy. Yeah. And thank you to Lauren. Uh, of yeah, LaRose Media out. coming over and helping us out and figuring that out. We just needed a professional. <laughs> absolutely. Lauren from LaRose Media, she's absolutely awesome. So everybody, welcome again. And thank you for being here with us. <laughs> Episode eight. If you're just joining us, thanks for showing up. And everybody that's been here every week, we appreciate you following. This week, we're going to be talking about something pretty simplistic, but something that's very needed to be moving forward, basically, with the topics that we're going to be covering. When you start talking about things in the investment world and you start talking about doing things to make money, it's something that you really want to know what's going on before getting into it, right, Jules? And a big part of that is actually knowing what some of the terminology is. Yeah, I know that when I talk to people who don't invest, but they ask questions about it, a lot of people are embarrassed about not knowing. I mean, how, how do you know what you don't know until you do know, and then you know? <laughs> fake, it, fake it till you make it, I guess. Yeah, that that I, exists for a reason. I, I tell people all the time, be, be okay with not knowing things until you learn them, right? You, you're taking the active steps to learn something new. You're not going to be good at it at first, and you're not going to know all the terminology. And there's a lot of things I bring up to new investors, people that are just about to get into it, and they're like, wait, 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 you you, you said net operating income? What, what is that? Or cash on cash return or cap rate? All these things. And you go, all right, hey, we got to take a step back so you can learn some of these things and then pick out your short-term and long-term goals to make sure that these very important parts of investing line up with your short and long-term goals. Like when we're talking about cash on cash return. You know, what what is cash on cash return? Now, cash on cash return is the rate of return often used in real estate transactions that calculates the cash income earned on the cash invested in a property. Now, to put that simply, because that, that's a mouthful there, what you're earning versus what you actually took out of pocket to get into your investment. So cash on cash return. We're talking about what money did you come out of pocket to purchase a building for? And what are you making annually? So to break it down, if you buy a building, I don't care how much it costs, you will talk about cap rate in a minute and right. the actual purchase price matters in that that uh, math. But for this, if you took $100,000 out of your bank account and you don't need that to get into investing, by the way, we'll, we'll talk about that in the next episode, how you don't need a boatload of cash. But if you take $100,000 at the closing table, that's what came out of your pocket to purchase 123 Main Street. If 123 Main Street then brings you in $20,000 a year, that's a 20% cash on cash return. So, so you're saying how much basically breaking it down is how much cash are you going to get back 
versus what versus you put what into you it. Put into it. Yeah. And again, if you put a hundred thousand dollars down to to buy the property, it doesn't matter if that property cost two hundred thousand and you were putting fifty percent down, right, to purchase, or if that was a ten million dollar building. What we're only talking about is what comes out of your pocket, and then what do you bring in annually? Now. To really go a little deeper into the cash on cash return, as we know, it's not your gross, it's your net operating income, right? So after your mortgage and taxes, insurance, and oh, you had to put a new roof on and all that sort of stuff, whatever it is, that that comes off the top. And then what did you actually net? What did you bring in final at the end of the year? Again, $100,000 out of pocket and you bring in 20 grand, that's 20% cash on cash return. There are a lot of investors that would look at that and they would jump at that. Yeah. And (laughs) you kind of touched on the topic, but I'm going to bring it back up real quick. The NOI or the net operating income, that's something that you absolutely have to be able to figure out to know what your annual revenue is going to be, right? You want to know You'll see people that say, just for example, I'm making a thousand dollars a month. I'm bringing in a thousand a month, so I'm making twelve thousand a year. Well, no, because your mortgage is four hundred dollars a month, and your utility bill is two hundred dollars a month, and your insurance and your is a hundred bucks a and month, your taxes, yeah. and your things, other things. People don't think about how much does it cost you a year. Are you doing snow removal? If you're in the you know north areas that are going to be snowing, are you doing that yourself? Are you maintaining the lawn yourself? Are you subbing all yeah. that out? So your net operating income is all of that stuff subtracted from your annual revenue. So all of your operating expenses, your taxes, your mortgage, your utility bills, if you have, you know, definitely your insurances, if whatever you sub out, all of that added together to big one, one lump sum and then subtracted from your annual revenue. That's what your net operating income. Is. Yeah. And I think if you're out there listening right now and your head spinning, relax. The more you talk about this, the more you surround yourself with people who are doing it and you educate yourself, it becomes very simplistic. The first time I sat down with my brother, Jared, who we, we had on the podcast a few weeks ago, and we started talking about this stuff. I mean, it, it was like watching a, it was like watching the first game of Thrones episode for me. I'm like, how many characters are in this? There's so many people and your your head spinning. And he he laid out so many terms and I'm like, geez, I really want to get into this. But once you do it and you start to break down that property, and then we talk about other things too, Joe, like vacancy rate and maintenance, what you should what you should allot for maintenance, right? There's a lot of things that go into it, but once you do it one time and you have your checklist and then you do it again and again and right. again it becomes it is easy to write these numbers initially down. it can definitely feel like just being dropped in the middle of a foreign country and not knowing how to speak the language <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just trying right. to get a meal but as jewel said there's just educating yourself repetition and submerging yourself into the industry and just kind of seeing how things play out. And then also there's a lot of different resources out there. Google is your friend. Investopedia, definitely a great resource. Investopedia.com. They actually have a dictionary function on that website. It's a free tool to use. Anyone can go on there. You don't have to pay. Yep. And it has everything broken down. And actually you and I were laughing about that, you know, not long ago. And I said, you know, if you just got on here and started reading not reading the dictionary, but just going down, say it broken down, obviously, by letter and reading through, you're actually going to, I don't think there's anyone out there that can read through that entire thing and say, I know the definition of all these. It's going to no. spark 
thought, and it's actually going to have you educate yourself in areas that you never even knew to do so. Like we were looking through and I was reading some of these off and I said, I just, I just created two weeks worth of research for yeah, myself now, yeah. right? Well, and then you think about what you surround yourself with when you're on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and you're scrolling reels and then you, you see something funny, right? And then you like, you watch more and you're like, oh, I wonder what this one is. You go down the rabbit hole and an hour of your life is gone, right? And I, we're sending each other dumb stuff in a private message, but same thing here. You go on there, you start to learn one thing and you read another and you go, wait, what is that? And then what is that? What is that? And you start to get addicted to these definitions and finding out what they mean. And some pertain to what we're doing and then others don't. But I, I got to tell you, it it is something that everyone can do. Okay. And whether you own a building or not, if you've had, if you have that wealth mindset that we spoke about with Jared a few episodes ago and you start to educate yourself. To me, you are already an investor. And these are the sort of terms. These are the things that people need to know to break down a property to find out, does this cash flow well, right? Are these the numbers I want? And do I want to move forward with this property? Now, the other thing is you might go see the property and it's in terrible shape and you realize it's going to cost, you got to put a roof and an HVAC and you got to do foundation work. You're like, well, these numbers are way off now, but let's say the hypothetical is the building's in great shape. And then it comes down to what are your goals? All right. What are your goals? We, I collaborate with somebody in California. He's a broker out there and my, my real estate coach got me in contact with him and I still keep up with him. He has buildings in Southern California that he loses money on every year. Such a crazy concept. Right. They do not cash flow. So everyone out there, I'm not saying this is what you're going to do. I'm not saying you got to write a check every month, but his portfolio is very robust. Um, and he has, he has great cash flowing properties, but there are some that over the last decade, he is writing a check every month to make up the difference between the rents and the mortgage. And if something comes up, Hey, need a new roof. Hey buddy, that's out of pocket. But they, they are appreciating at such a high level when he sells these in five, 10, 15 years, whenever he wants to, he will not only make back what he put into the property, it will be hundreds of thousands, if not millions on some of these properties that he will cash out. Now that's not my goal. I can't just start shelling out cash for those right now and play the long-term game. I'm not at that level. So we have to talk about how much money is something cash flowing, right? Yeah. How much money is this bringing in? And then also on that level, what are your numbers? I mean, I know people that, you know, they're in a situation where uh, they'll, they'll take a 10% cash on cash return because they don't believe in the stock market. They don't feel like they're going to get that high yield of nine or 10% annually. And they can find it here. There's other people that go, no, I, I have to have 20% cash on cash return or else I'm not even looking at it. So to each their own, I don't think you're right or wrong. Uh, the examples I just gave, you will find successful investors that, that do things very differently but they all make sure that it lines up with their short-term and long-term goals. Now, something we said earlier, Joe, you were talking about Google, Investopedia, all that. How about us? I'm just throwing it out there. Us. If anybody in this community wants to learn about house hacking or buying a, an investment property, storage units, anything like that, come talk to us. Open up questions. If you don't want the question to be public, reach out to us on our forums, right? Yeah, Facebook, always, Instagram, and we're here to help. Yeah. Always looking to help. And if, it, if we don't pretend 
to know things that we don't. If we don't know something, we're going to be very honest and say, hey, we really don't know a lot about that. We will in the future because now you created a topic <laughs> yeah. for us to look into. Now I just lost my Tuesday but because I'm going to research gonna, that. <laughs> exactly. But we're going to point you in the right direction of where to go to find it and introduce you to some good people and knowledgeable people that will give you the information that you're looking for. Yeah. You know, and what you said, kind of going back to what you're talking about numbers, the one term that you do hear a lot out there and people throw it around without totally understanding what it is because you hear some of it in investing to where it's not really applicable, right? Because outside of the commercial market, you really shouldn't hear too much about cap rate. That's more of an indicator mm-hmm. of a commercial property. Yeah. You know, and what cap rate is or your capitalization rate, again, it's basically in the commercial industry. It's where it's used. Um, and it's your indication of return. It's your rate of return. It comes back again as a percentage, kind of like your cash on cash return did, but it's a little bit differently. You know, it's one of the indicators, not the only indicator used, but a very good indicator to show somebody or tell somebody if this is going to be worthwhile investing in, or at least putting more time into researching to see if it's good on investing. Cause obviously outside of cap rate, you have, like you said, your vacancy rates, you have all of your turnovers, yep. you have, where am I, what are my operating costs, all that stuff. But anyway, that basically is going back to that NOI or that net operating income you take that and it's divided by the the property's value. And then again, comes back to a percentage rate. And depending on who you talk to, what you read, you know, a lot of people have different outlooks on this based on their previous life experiences. And life experience is pretty much the best education you're going to get. That's right. You know, you could have a degree, you could have whatever you want. That's phenomenal and good for you. But somebody that's done something and has experienced it, that's it's really hard to compete against that. Yeah. Um, so when you talk to people in this industry about cap rate that's gone through it, typically you're going to hear people that are going to say, you know, if I'm between that five to 10, six to 10%, I'm okay. Then I start looking further into it at the other, other indicators of the properties to see if it's worth it. They don't just say, oh, it's a 10% cap rate. I'm going for it. You know, yeah. you might pass on that. You know, and obviously you might see things that are going to be better than that cap rate percentage wise, but that's kind of like your baseline. Yeah. I like that you brought up that there are many different factors, right? Because uh, you and I were just talking about a property earlier. You heard me on the phone with that realtor and I brought up the question, hey, I see it requires uh, flood insurance. You know, what? what is it? Is it an A zone? I mean, we're talking like six, 7,000. Is it 2,000? Is it 500 bucks a, a year? There's a lot of different things that go into it. And that brings up a, another point when you're getting your NOI, NOI, net operating income, you have to take into consideration your operating expenses. Those can be things like property management, insurance, utilities, taxes, repairs, and maintenance. Those are all numbers that you need to, to factor in. There are also, there's no crystal ball. We could factor in 10% vacancy and 15% maintenance. And then in that first year, we could have 30% maintenance because an unforeknown, unknown issue, unforeseen issue pops up and we have to replace, uh, you know, all the HVAC, you know, whatever it is or, or foundation work. So that's not to scare people. I think it's to get people to open up their minds to there's a lot of different numbers that go into it. But when you, when you really dive into it, you can get all the numbers you need to get, and then you can factor in realistic numbers, 
right? You're, you're uh, hypothesize on, on real numbers for maintenance or vacancy in an area. And then you can decide, is this a good investment for me? Does it line up with my short-term and long-term goals? Right. Yeah. And this is all for personal growth on the finance side of investment, because what a better way to grow personally than to achieve financial freedom. And one of the best ways to do that is owning real estate. That is a fact. Yeah. So back to the nuts and bolts of what we were trying to break down a little bit. And that's just a very, very small introduction to a little bit <laughs> yeah. of basic terminology, but and that's more so to, you know, kind of help some people out who weren't sure what those meant, but more so to spark some thought and to know that, you know, it's okay to ask questions. Do not ever be afraid to ask a question. You know, you see a lot no. of people, they're like, I don't want to ask the question. And you ask them, well, why don't you want to ask? And they're like, well, I'm afraid that someone's going to look at me weird or laugh at me, or maybe it's something that I should know. And my reply always to, you know, people that tell me that is, I would rather be the person that asks a question than be the person that pretends to know the answer to that question and then is outed at some point because yeah. I mess up and someone's like, well, you should have just asked. Yeah. Well, I also think about the the quote we were talking about earlier. I mean, there's the pain of discipline and the pain of regret. Discipline also comes with the ego. Don't let your ego get involved and think that you know everything. Ask questions. I'm constantly, I think now that we're into real estate investing the way we are, I feel, I feel like I, I know less than I should all the time. Right. In the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm learning so much. I'm, I, wow, I know a lot right now. And then sometimes, the more- sometimes knowledge is a burden. You know, I, <laughs> it's funny not to, to bring up a, a side story here, but a lot of my, my friends that I work with in the fire department, you know, we talk about that all the time in the medical field, especially as a paramedic, that when you're educated on something, and I'm mm-hmm. using the healthcare field, right? Yeah. Typically, if someone's walking around and they just have a pain in their side, they're just like, oh man, I got a pain in my side. But as a paramedic, you think about it or someone trained, I'm like, well, what side of my body is the pain on? What type of pain is it? Now I'm diagnosed. Now it's like, oh my God, now you think you have liver disease or you have gallstones. Next thing I know, I think I'm going to be on an operating table because I know too much about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so knowledge, it is absolutely. We're in the investing and we're now realizing that we're feeling like, we don't know as much as we should. And that's because we know enough to know that we don't know enough. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, my wife works in the healthcare field as a cytotechnologist. So she's on a microscope all day, every day, diagnosing people. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of laughing right now, but a couple of years ago, same thing. Like Asher had this pain in his stomach and Mandy ripped off like three or four different pediatric types of like terminal cancer. And I look at her, I go, babe, whoa, wait, wait a minute. I, I right. I think- a simple ache. <laughs> now you, you have four months. To live. <laughs> and, and sure enough, um, it wasn't terminal for him, but it almost was for me when he let out a fart and it was the worst smelling thing I've ever heard or smelled. So, um, but, uh, what I was saying is that the pain of discipline where I was going earlier and the pain of regret you're in, in the future, if you don't educate yourself on this. And again, if you educate yourself and it's not for you, that's fine, right? That, that, that's totally okay to not own real estate investment. It's better to say no to something that you know about than just to say no, because the possibility of it makes you uncomfortable yeah, or the nervous. unknown. And yeah. And, and that's a good starting, way to miss out on a good opportunity. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I don't want to go on a rant right now, but you and I are seeing this in the crypto and NFT space. 
People right. don't want to, I don't want to learn about a JPEG. Right. And you're like, oh man, that's why you my, just don't get, you do that's not. That's why my OpenSea avatar is the cardboard sign guy holding up and it just says WTF is an NFT. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, I'll finish what I was saying. The, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret, we're going to have one of those two pains. Have the pain of discipline, especially disciplining your ego to say, I don't know about this and I I should at least educate myself and learn about it, right? Rather than, I cannot tell you how many friends' parents see what we're doing and they go, Jules, there's there's not many things I regret not buying real estate back in the 80s and 90s. That's a big one, you know? And I'm like, I'm not going to be the person to say that. I'm not going to have the pain of regret. So have the pain of discipline with the ego to educate yourself right now, reach out to us, just learn about it learn about it. It's more attainable than people know. And we're going to get into this in our next episode about house hacking because Definitely. people, everyone's like, Oh, well, I don't have hundreds of thousands. I don't have, I don't have 50,000 to, to put down jewels. Don't I go, need it. you don't need that. I just helped an investor. Uh, I'll say this next episode too. I just helped an investor in the last six months house hack. And it was like $13,000 out of pocket. He lives in an amazing duplex and he's making money right now. And when he moves out of that place, He'll he's going to make more. even more when he rents out the unit he's living in. We'll, we'll talk more about that next episode though. So guys, what I'm going to do is in the description of this episode, I'm just going to put some free links in there, you know, some, some tools to go to good spots to start researching. And again, it's always about, it's not about learning everything. It's about sparking thought and curiosity. The more you look at something, you're going to want to just know more. And you're the more you understand something, the more, like I said, you're going to understand aspects of it that you don't. And that's just going to start taking you on different rabbit holes and ways to educate yourself. So that's what we're going to be trying to do every episode of this podcast. Again, as always, thank you for following us along. Click that subscribe button and that notification so you get notified every time. That's right. Which is every Thursday, Thursday at nine o'clock in the that morning. a new episode comes out and also some awesome news. We have the Amplify Yourself website under construction. Let's and go. by the time this episode goes live, it could be up and running. And again, we have our first giveaway coming very soon. Episode 10. 10. We're going to have a little giveaway for you. So stay tuned. Follow us along. Thank you so much again for being here with us. It means a lot. Build a community. We need you. And don't forget. Amplify yourself, baby. Amplify yourself, baby.